0: You're listening to ModPod, the podcast from the team behind ModMag, the surprisingly good Charlton Athletic fanzine. Welcome to issue two of the My Only Desire podcast, coming to you from the Charlton Athletic Museum at the Valley. Uh, with me are Mr Will Dalton. Hello, Geoff, And Steve Charnock. And strapped in at the controls is Mr. Dave Lockwood. Strapped. <laughs> also joining us is this month's guest. He played 242 times for Cholm, scoring
1: nine goals. That's not true. Is it not true? Way more than that, but go on. <laughs> joining us is John Athletic's all-time top scorer. <laughs>
0: he won't let you down. It's Mr. Steve Brown. Evening. How are you? All right? Yeah, very well. Yeah. So, since uh, the first episode went out, it's been a bit of a mixed bag. We had the, uh, we're going to win the league euphoria of thrashing Plymouth. Yeah. Uh, but more recently, the damp squib of a transfer deadline day and the Bolton game. Yeah,
1: do, and, you, and, I, and two dead rubbers in Wickham and Cambridge.
0: Well... Oh, yeah. I should have said that. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that as well. So, uh, yeah, how do you see things at the moment, Steve?
1: Yeah, like exactly that, a mixed bag. I thought, I thought, I didn't see the Plymouth game, I was in Ireland... Um, with my wife but uh, you know it, what I've read about that one was it, it was extremely good performance against 10 men but you' have still got to beat 10 men I've played in teams that have really struggled to break down 10 players so it's a wonderful result and like you say that was a bit of euphoria after that one great reaction but then I was here for the Cambridge game did cover the Wickham game and uh, and I think a points fair from both of those yeah. don't think we deserve to win either no. um, I, I guess what happened during those two is you suddenly realize we're not creating too many opportunities. And suddenly that starts to grow, pressure starts to come, and then we go up to Bolton, and I think you've heard us say on the on the streaming service already. We think Bolton are dark horses this year, and, and they were good value. Yeah. You know, I thought first half in particular was like the Derby first half, maybe not as crushing, but they certainly you know reacted well to going behind early, and dominated the, the rest of the first half. So yeah, good performance from them. I thought I thought their system caused us a few issues. Yeah, and what do you make of the transfer window? Well, uh, you can look at that in two ways, can't you? Because not many clubs have spent money. You know, I know there's a lot of issues with with, it, with Thomas hasn't spent any money, but there's a lot of clubs in this league that haven't spent money. You can it is a league you can get through with free transfers. Um, I've been at clubs previously and worked at clubs where they've not spent money and, and have you know challenged so in this league. So in that respect, I think that's not an issue. The issue is I don't think we've strengthened enough, mm. and I, and I don't think the balance of the team is quite right. And I said this last summer. You know, and we all know where we're lacking. I don't have to really go into that, but I don't think the balance of the squad is quite right, and I certainly don't think there's enough strength in depth. But you know, we are where we're at, so you, you you have to sort of that's shut to me now. Yeah. So if I was a player now, I wouldn't be concerned about the window. If you're a fan, you can still rumble on a bit about it, but it's shut. We have what we have. What I'd like to see is everybody fit. That's what we need right now. That's the key, isn't it? Everybody fit and challenging. It's the only way I think we're going to surprise a few people. I think if you take the the deadline day away,
0: you know, before that, it hadn't been a bad recruitment window. You know, we brought in some decent players. I think it was, you know, it was just the kind of disappointment of, you know, everybody checking their phones until 11 (laughs) o'clock and then nothing happening.
1: Yeah, I was sat there as well, to be fair, with the phone on my chest, watching telly, thinking, right, I'll get a buzz, a notification. But look, we... I, I do know how difficult it is to get transfers over the line. I've been there, I've done it, yeah. and it's not easy, all right? And there's a lot of parties involved, and it's sometimes not even down to you. It's the other clubs, they, they, they change their mind halfway through. What, what I would say is, could we have done business a bit earlier? And I tried to get that out of Curves on Saturday uh, during the streaming, because Curves obviously been there, sat there in you know, depths of a transfer window on the last night, yeah. praying to get something over the line. And he said, sometimes it's completely out of your control. Now, we don't know. And we'll never know, because you'll hear one side from QPR, one side from us, and the transfer didn't manage to get done. What what, what I said on Saturday and I'll say it again is what concerns me is we, we didn't move on players that we said weren't part of the plans. Yeah. So they're stuck here. Um you know, that concerns me a bit because I've been in squads where players have been told they can go, they end up staying and And their heart's not in it. It's oh. not so much their hearts that you feel sorry for them. Right? They're not getting used. They're training every day. They come in. They try and work as hard as they can with no end product. They're never going to get in the team. Does that affects morale? It affects their morale Especially for sure. Yeah. Um, well. Yeah. And 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 a lot of a lot of um a lot of dressing rooms have 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 they're not cliques. That's the wrong word. But you have little groups. They settle down into social groups. Um, and for someone in your social group who's not getting a game, if you're in the team. You know, I used to travel up and if if Robbo got left out or Nels got left out, you know, of course it affects the journey. They're sat there with a face like Bundy, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's not very nice for them, but it's it's more you feel for them as a professional, you know. They don't want to sit behind the scenes doing nothing. It's embarrassing for them. They want to play. They want to challenge. They want to help. And if you're told you're not wanted at a club, right, that's hard to take in itself. Mm. And then you think, okay, well, that's okay. I've not wanted, so clean cut it, get me out of here but now they're stuck here.
0: It's the flip side to that. If we have you know, injuries to Dobson, Fraser, mm-hmm. Kirk, then Jake can step up. You know, it, it, that, is there is a sense that we have a bit of strength in depth in midfield.
1: There is, there is that. And I think Scotty brought that up on Saturday. Well, he's still paid by Charlton, still should be willing to wear a shirt. He will do. Mm. But that's crushing. To be told you're not wanted by our football club. You're not in our plans you know to them, two months later go back to them and go oh yeah we've got a few injuries mate can you just step in oh you so want me you, now do you right yeah. so you're going to get that mentality yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're going to, you're going to ask me going to challenge where I could break my leg mm. but you don't actually want me to play you know so you get you have all those things swirling around and you'll have an agent in the background as well going listen don't get injured now we're trying to get you out of it in january i've been making calls on all those things yeah, that go yeah. on that we probably don't appreciate
2: how did curbs uh, deal with kind of out of favor players in your day because there's reports you hear of like if you weren't in his kind of select 15 or so you were kind of cast aside but I don't know if that's true or not well, I'd say not true from my experience you know I was
1: probably there the, the longest um, what you did have uh, I can categorically tell you is people like myself if I dropped out of the team I got to an age of about 26, 27 and I was quite happy to be that guy right sometimes it's unfair and you could you could tell him I'm not really having that curves, I think you've that's an unfair one. And he doesn't really care, you know what Curbs is like. Well, cheers, well, out you get in, corn. So but the, the fact about it is I was I was happy to be sort of in as long as it was fair, and it was only a few times he was unfair. But what I would say is there are people that can't take that. So when they're out the team and it looks like they're gonna be out of the team for a while, they don't wanna stay. They wanna move on because they wanna play every week. And so that's on them, not necessarily on Curbs. I don't ever remember Curbs pushing people to, I've, I've, been, I've been under three managers in my career one of them if you're out you train with a youth team who was that I can't say <laughs> well, I mean, you could, it out, you could probably work it out you yeah. haven't got to go through a <laughs> lot a I, I had two clubs and three managers it's not really difficult to work out but <laughs> th- when I turned up at that club at Reading there was five guys in a corner change on their own and I hadn't, I hadn't experienced that in my 12 years of professional and career. that
2: was like policy almost that they were kind of had They'd a separate corner
1: the fallen out with a manager didn't train with us Came in with us, got changed in the corner, went and trained with the youth team. Yeah. Do you think that's because
3: the, that's just the manager's attitude or do they do that kind of on purpose? Because they think, if I set this up, then the rest of the players know. If they cross me, if they you know, annoy me, if they underperform, they're going to
1: get... Yeah, I, 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 do you know what? I don't, I, don't, I don't think underperforming alone would get you into that corner. But, but obviously, a uh, difference of opinion, personality, et cetera, et cetera. You, you're not playing by my rules sort of thing um across the board. And some managers do well there's loads of different ways of managing and some managers, like you say, that's a pawn in a game for me. You, that, that that little group's been used as a pawn in the game. Yeah. And 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 it's I'm shown authority. And uh, you know, next one steps out of line joins the group. And yeah. it's one of them. And and to be fair, they were moved on when 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 they could get moved on as quickly as they could get moved on and, and, and their places were filled. Um, but every manager and, and that's why you have to un- appreciate Ben's come in you know and he's talking about two or three windows and that's why because there will be players and he can't come out and tell you he can't no manager will Lee Bowyer couldn't Nigel Atkins couldn't Ben Garner couldn't Johnny Jackson couldn't they'll have players they don't fancy without any shadow of a doubt now Ben has probably has probably been too honest with two of them yeah, and they're stuck here but there will be other players in this group who will go I, I need better than that in that position but he can't tell you he can't tell us it's his you know, understanding of what he wants within the structures of his team, and he'll move them on when he can, if yeah. he can.
0: Yeah, for the first time after the Bolton game, he was quite honest and there's, a you know, you know, saying actually, I think I think you know we've not got the squad to go up, yeah, and that was the first time really that it kind of you know reality bit really.
2: And it's kind of it's been a mood change. I think it seeps a little bit into yeah. the fans as well. Um, I don't know if that's a deliberate thing to lower expectations, but it felt kind of significant, didn't it, those comments?
1: Yeah, I would say we were outplayed, right? Which then suddenly starts you thinking we've not reacted to being outplayed, which then leads you to believe your players aren't where you expected them or thought they were going to be. Mm. And that's a little bit worrying, but Bolton's a good side, right? We went up to Sheffield and didn't do that. What, what, what I would say is, again, you know, we seem to carry a lot of injuries all the time. And so when you go up to Bolton, who are a good side, they play good football and it's quite fluid. They are allowed to you know, interchange positions. It's difficult uh, you, you know, to rotate your players because if you win the ball back and you've rotated with Bolton's formation, you end up winning the ball back out of shape. So it's, it's not easy. But we're up there with not our, our full-strength team and we seem to be doing that a lot. Mm. And that, that's where the issue lies for me. We, we've never really got the competition replaces places or everybody fit
4: but that's a Charlton problem though isn't it it's always been a Charlton problem that we've we've always seemed to have injuries and and there seems to be no explanation for it
1: yeah Uh, and again uh, from the outside looking in you can make as many assumptions assumptions as you want but you have to see it Um, no one sort of physios certainly don't want people in their treatment room and most players don't want to be in the treatment room you know uh, one or two Tend to string things out or have strung things out in the past that I've played with. You know, you have play. Well, it's not not on purpose. Some people need to be one hundred percent across the body fit. Others can have an injection and carry on with a bit of pain. Mm. You know, so some, some some there's no there's no set you know time frame. You know, I've I, I, I've had I've played when I shouldn't have played, and others you know in a you know are much better players than me. You know, if their toenails clipped, it's <laughs> the, 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 you know the boot don't go on properly. I'm not playing again. You won't name those players. Oh, he's a good guy <laughs> <laughs> and a proper good player. <laughs> so what what do you think of the style of play that, that Ben Garner's? Yeah, listen, I've, I've worked I've worked at Brighton um, and and for a short while worked with a manager. We had a we had an interim period where I worked with a first team manager who came in and he played a very similar style um, and he was very good. Gus Poirier I mean, I don't particularly get on with Gus. I don't mind telling you that. Uh, we fell out spectacularly. But as a coach, he's a very, very good coach. Um, and he played that way to the point where, uh, I'm, I'm not kidding you, Brighton could be winning 2-0 and they, they get booed because it was boring. Right. It was so possession-based, backwards, sideways, backwards. But they job done, 2-0. Couldn't get the ball off them. And Gus was a good coach. You know, watching his sessions, there's not many coaches you sit on the sidelines. I was youth team coach at the time. I like I said, I got advanced up alongside him for a couple of months and then he bought his own staff in, got got demoted back down. And watching his sessions, I can honestly say there's not many where you go, I'm taking that, I'm nicking that. And you go back in your room, write it down, bang. You know, love that. Yeah. Brilliant on set pieces, you know, and and got them out of that league no problem. And and when you know you've got a good when you know there's you've got a good coach in charge of your team, is when he turns bang average players mm-hmm. into really good players, but they're still bang average. Yeah. But that, in the system and the way they play, they become good players.
4: I'm trying to remember what season that was. They came here and absolutely trounced us. Was, Kish
1: did Kish come and yeah, run the show? It was Kish was running the show, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Listen, they had Glenn Murray up front. You know, before Glenn went off and did what he did in the Premier League, yeah, they had him up front in League One. You know, they had a couple of good wingers. Good central midfielder. He turned Adam Aleb, who was a bang average centre-half, into a brilliant centre-half. Strong, competitive. You know, not particularly a ball player, but you would have thought he was by the time that season was over. Went on to get a great move somewhere down the line to Bristol City. You know, uh, I think they moved on Elphick to, uh, to Bournemouth, uh, Cook to Bournemouth, who went on to go right through the leagues all the way to the Premier League. It was a good side. Yeah. But he coached them up and he was good. So I've, I've worked with that system and, and it's great. But you need the players, right? <laughs> you know, you need the right players. and you, I, I don't care what anyone says, right? If you if you have a system and a style, but you don't match that with a quality on the pitch, it will fall short across a 46-game season, it will. Yeah.
2: From what you're saying there, it sounded like there was an element of the system making average players better, though. Could that be the case with Gardner and this Charlton squad?
1: You hope so. That's, that's, that's what you're hoping for. But again, you, you know, you can't expect four of our apprentices or sorry, scholars who are now first year pros to come into this side or second year pros to come in and suddenly become consistent League One players. It's difficult to do, and I think I tried to explain this other day that it needs to be on your terms when you bring a kid through, not on not on not on their terms. So you, if you're forcing three kids into a team at once, it's hard for them all to adapt. And get going if you bring them into a side that's successful and with experience in it and you put one in at left back you're going to learn a lot with the experience around you and if you're picking up results and the mood around the valley is great the mood of that player is great and he you know and it snowballs you've got three in there and it's indifferent and the crowds are dropping and it's a little bit negative and you've not got a lot of experience around you passing on good information which I was very fortunate we had some Really good, experienced pros here at the right time. So when Kerbs got the job on his own, we were struggling a bit. And it was the Gattins of this world, the Nelsons of this world, Keith Jones of this world. The information they passed on was brilliant for youngsters like me.
0: It does seem that we're perhaps better equipped this season with the youngsters coming through. I'm thinking Leeburn and Claydon <laughs> too that spring to mind. What, what, do you, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think don't try and put the pressure on Miles too early. It's been a great start. We did that with Burstow last year. I actually thought the fee for Burstow was good. Mm. And there was a bit of a reaction to it last year about, and I don't know where people get their figures from, but I thought 1.6 million for a kid that played six games was an incredible figure. So fair play. Yeah. And I hope Mason goes on to do incredibly well. But I thought the business was good. Yeah. Now, the, I think Miles, as a prospect, is ahead of Mason or where Mason was last Absolute, year. Yeah. He looks stronger. Oh, I mean, dare I say this? He looks better than his dad, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I say, say it quietly. <laughs> right, so um he does. He look there are elements of his game that that, that, that he, he looks better than Carl. What he's got behind him is a you know great source of information in Cole. You know, so we will go home at night and Carl will is very, very level headed, very down to earth, uh, and and Miles will have his feet firmly planted on the floor and he knows it's only the early stages. Mm. What we can't do is think he's going to be our 20-goal-a-year man tomorrow or, or next season. It, hopefully, he, you know, he gets double figures. I don't think he will, but we've got a really good prospect on mm. right there. here. It's,
0: it's, it's too early to Massively. play him ahead of Stockley, you think?
1: Yeah, I, I, look, so the conundrum Ben's got, is how long does he allow Jaden to go on? Because it is affecting Jaden. Mm. You don't score, yeah. and it's not just about not scoring; it's about not many chances, right? And he's making runs. We're not getting anywhere near him in terms of delivery. I mean, he was, he seems to be stretching for every header he goes for. You know, he makes a run to the near post. Ball gets delivered far. It's one of those periods, mm. right? And I was trying to say, Saty that at some point Ben will go. I've got to change it, just because I need to. Bring Jaden out the firing line. Jaden won't want to. No. Jaden won't want to carry on, and he'll believe that it's just around the corner. I'll toe poke one in somehow. I'll get a goal, and then we'll be off and running. Mm. But the longer that goes on, the more your confidence just you—you you don't even think it is. You know, I can tell you as a player, you don't. You go out there. This is the game. I'll turn it around. It's not a problem. Do you think a lot of it is—is
0: is luck and not
1: down no, to no, the no. system? Or? No, 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 no. It's not luck. You know, you, luck will help. You know, a rebound off a post goes out one week, comes back in the middle of six yards the next. You can't control that. No one can control where that ball's going to bounce off a post and Stockley could be stood in the right place at the right time for a tap-in from a rebound. Mm. You know, that sort of stuff is luck. But in this system, I think I identified it. Where was it? Wickham. Just dropping so deep to try and link up and flip balls on. And then, you know, if you got a flick on it, it went to Kirk or it went to uh, Raksaki. He was 40 yards before he got the box. Yeah. You know, it's tough for a lone striker. You know, and you look at the chances at the end of the game. We've had five shots, two on target. That's for everyone. How's your lone striker going to score off the back of that? So there's something in the system. And, and whether you say the system's killing Jaden or Jaden doesn't fit the system, that's for Ben Garner to work out. Yeah. He works with these guys every day. How can we get more opportunities for Jaden mm. and for actually the rest of the team? Because we're not creating enough at the moment.
3: Would you say that there's something dangerous about a philosophy?
1: No, nothing dangerous. I think what it does is it sets, uh, you know, it, in terms of our academy, has played open, expansive football quite regularly, you know, for, for years. You know, I've watched them play a diamond. I've watched them play, you know, and fullbacks push on, you know. And I would agree that for the first time, the first thing sort of is aligned with that. You know, I wasn't against... I mean, I thought Johnny and the the, the pressure he came under about the system last year was a little unfair. Mm. All right? We had a poor group of players. You know, in my opinion, those players let the club down, really. Should
3: that be where the manager adapts the system, the formation tactics, yeah, philosophy? I I, I think
1: there was a stubbornness towards the end, wasn't there? Yeah, that's why I was thinking about the idea of a philosophy but if you only have the philosophy right so the, the players don't match it right so if you have a philosophy and the players don't match it you're going to end up mid, mid-table at best aren't you right so this yeah. is what goes back to what i was saying about gus he had the players you know we we don't have a glenn murray as, as much as i love Jaden. you know and he's, he, he gives his lot and he's a he's a battler he's not in the he's not in the league of glenn murray i've worked with glenn murray on a daily basis the geezer finishes he's clever he's intelligent he loses top defenders and he quite rightly got into the Premier League and scored you know nearly 100 goals top top player Brighton just happened to find him when he was coming back from I think it was Rochdale I think he he came back from America went to Rochdale went from Rochdale to Brighton it's a great signing but he was always as soon as you see someone train you go bit of movement you know if you're a coach you just go he shouldn't be league one and it proves right eventually the goals have to come with it right but I, in an ideal world, Jaden's going through this little period where people might say he's not not working from here and not scoring there. Then Chucks gets to go. Chucks ain't available. And then you put the pressure on Miles. That's where we're short. Hmm. Simple as that. We're putting too much pressure on Jaden because he's not got any. He's got. He hasn't got any outlets in terms of. You know, you, you ask Miles to go up there, right? And I can I can see what's going to happen. He plays. He doesn't play particularly well. Boom! Mm, yeah. It's relentless. Boom! They're on him. Oh, Miles ain't ready. Yeah, you know Miles got read all that. Well, hold on, it might not be Miles. Yeah, you know. So it's it, everything's a delicate balance, everything. And um, when you sit in a in a crowd on a Saturday and you've got your blank paper and you're picking your team, that's great because you ain't losing your job or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's magn- And you haven't seen the training during the week. Yeah, and you don't know if someone's been off ill or carried an injury. I criticised somebody the other week to find out after the game he'd been sick all week, you know. And then you go right, well, why didn't someone tell us that before the game? You'd yeah. have laid off, yeah. You know. I was, yeah. And I think it was Jaden. Yeah, it was. I yeah. think it was Jaden. Yeah, yeah. And I was going, look, he looks, looks like half half beat. He's look, like looks terrible fitness wise. Well, he'd been ill a week, you know. You don't know that. He actually said, "I'll play," but once you're over the white line, no one in no one around cares about that, you know. And you know we tend to be a little bit more sympathetic because we've been through that. But as a as a paying customer, you you entitled to your opinion, right? And so, therefore, you don't necessarily worry about all that that's gone on during the week. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that it's been mentioned
4: there are lots of free agents out there? Do you think there'll be any any free agents brought
1: in? Um, so I I don't know what free agents are out there, and I would guess, surely, the the better ones have been snapped up. Surely, it would be my guess. But if we can pull a rabbit out of the hat, great. But yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't really follow. Like, I got asked a question about League One transfers. I don't really follow the transfer market. Or, the, or you know, I, I'll do my research on the team we're playing on You know, a couple of days before and then just top it up the next day with any relevant news. But I don't actually know. If you said, oh, such and such move from there to there, if I've heard about it, great, but chances are I haven't. So I don't know what free transfers are out there, but my assessment would be sat here. Surely anyone that's any good on a free transfer has been snapped up. Yeah.
0: Surely. It is the dregs, isn't it? I mean you'd have to <laughs> you'd have to really luck out to
1: Yeah. Right time, right place. Somebody might want to come here. Yeah, someone's move hungry. back down to London. Yeah. You know, I, I yeah, yeah. went up north, didn't like it, need to get back to London. Yeah. It's one of them. And I've had a couple of them over my mid- management time. Yeah. Yeah, I've had I've had a phone call out of the blue. Ex-player, wants to come back down to London. Um, Mum's not well. Wants to spend the next couple of seasons down in London. Oh, yeah, great, take him tomorrow. Brilliant, super, bang. So you can have a bit of luck. Mm. But (laughs) it's very slim. Yeah, Yeah. very slim chance. (laughs) Yeah, Bobby Firmino wants to
0: yeah yeah walk over the dome
1: (laughs) (laughs) Adam Tussauds has got a really good (laughs) exhibition
0: on yeah (laughs) exactly Uh, so going back to Miles I think the flip side to to what you were saying is you know you don't want to put too much pressure on him and you know because he might have a bad game and the crowd gets
1: I think the the flip side to that is the crowd are thinking
0: he might be brilliant
1: absolutely and that's the risk risk and reward yeah and it's in every selection you make (laughs) Yeah. yeah it's not just miles you put Kirk in risk and reward come on, mate, do it this year. Mm. And everybody's going, look, we're seeing a different Kirk. Slowly, you know, you can feel the rumblings and he'll feel it. There's a player in there, isn't there? There's got to be. There's an intelligent player in there, yeah. 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 He just doesn't get into the games enough. And when he doesn't get into the games enough, that's where the criticism comes. Yeah. And uh, when he gets in the games, the ball through for the goal here. You know, moments like that. I can't remember the game. But it was a lovely ball. For, I think Albie uh, shot and Blackett Taylor yeah, tapped yeah. in the ball through first time from Kirk. There, there's a player there. Yeah, you know you don't do what he did at Crew in a struggling League One no. side and and be a poor player. Yeah. You don't. But he just can't find his form. Is
0: it the pressure of coming to you know an arguably bigger club and and you know there was there was that picture wasn't it on social media of him at the Valley going, you know looking <laughs> yeah. really overawed by a massive stadium having come arrived from Crew. Is it is there something in that that is you know, he's a
1: bit overawed, maybe still? Yeah, I mean I've never felt like that. <clears throat> I, I wherever you go, you've got a job to do. Mm. Whether it's two thousand or fifty thousand. You slide in a shirt and you've got a job to do and
0: uh, Is it not intimidating walking out of Enfield, you know if,
1: uh... Um yes, it can be. But once it kicks off that you've got a Got to do your job and yeah, yeah. listen, I've been to Anfield and not done my job and got dragged. <laughs> <You> know, so <laughs> I got absolutely tortured by Steve McManaman. Right. Is that a three all game? No, no, no. No, no. No. This was a cup game. Um we were championship at the time. Or old Division 2. I don't, Kim Grant scored a beauty? No, no. Um, not sure. I'm not sure. All I know is I got Craig dragged after 65 minutes.
4: It was the League Cup game, wasn't it? I think you're... Yeah, yeah. your
1: memory's better. Listen, I saw a goal <laughs> yesterday on social media where I made a challenge and went through to Kinsella and scored no recollection of that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you no was still, you were still calling the assist, though, from... <laughs> no, absolutely.
1: Because I didn't even know I'd done that. I didn't even know... I can't remember that. Didn't... Just no recollection of it whatsoever. So when you talk about Liverpool and... Man United or whatever, Chelsea. I know I've played against him, but memory's terrible. Arsenal oh, and Highbury, though. Yeah, scoring. remember that. So that, yeah. that you remember, right? Sunderland, the, the, the goal I scored up at Sunderland in the Premier League. Remember that. But there, there was someone put out the other day. Uh, you know, Wolves, Charlton, two Wolves. Neil Brown scored, never scored. I Didn't remember score. that, never scored. Didn't score it. Then you see the clip and you go, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, that was all right. Yeah. That <laughs> no idea. So yeah, but you can get intimidated, but you you know. I don't want to be, don't want to be sort of disrespectful, but it's just Charlton's not where it was 20 years ago. Oh, it's, God, no. it's League One. It's down to 10,000. You shouldn't really be intimidated here. No. It's, he, no he's, right. he's delivered in League One. Yeah.
4: I think for Charlie Kirk as well, I think he had
1: some family issues. Yeah, absolutely. As well. When he yeah. came, I think he lost yeah. his dad, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's
4: going to be a big...
0: Of course. ...to yeah. the lad.
1: Yeah. I, I, I've I've never been through that. So again, when you've not been through something, you've not experienced it, very difficult to make comments on that. Yeah. But I do know people that have lost their parents and it has affected them enormously. And if you're trying to play elite football on a Saturday and your brain's all over the place, scrambled, can't concentrate, of course that's going to affect your performances. hundred percent. Yeah.
3: It's something we never rethink really about in terms of player performance, but the just general kind of anxiety or maybe someone's a little bit depressed or I don't know, but like confidence, we're talking about confidence, but everyone knows someone, family, friends or whatever that struggle with various things and they might have a terrible time at work or they can't do things, but you assume every footballer that comes on to the pitch is going to be great. They, it's impurity. They're going to be great, whatever. What's the problem? Like, well, yeah, I'm not saying this is about Kirk. We don't know him, do we? But just confidence can come from anywhere. And if you just go out and you just, cause I've always wondered that, like do people not just get scared? You just go out there and you, you know you're a great player, you're great at training, you'd be great in front of no one for Sunday league. You get out there and you, you're conscious that if you bugger it up, it's going to go online. Yeah, There are 10,000, 20,000, whatever, are going to boo or going to wear and it's that. Just think thing, like, <laughs> yeah. I can't, we were saying earlier, I can't have one person over my shoulder at my laptop. Right. If my girlfriend is looking over my, when I'm doing something, Buckles. I can't do any work. I just buckle. Yeah, exactly. Like,
1: <laughs> that's got to be a thing. I'm I'm pretty sure it is. (laughs) You know, what I would say to you is it's your job if you want this career. Yeah. It's your job to be able to blank out the negativity. It's your job to be able to recover from a poor start to a game. Uh, It really is. And and people can talk about anxiety and and mental strength. And, and of course, people do suffer. Um, That is without any shadow of a doubt. But if you want to have a career in... Elite sport, not just football. I'm talking about elite sport. You're going to come across yeah. <laughs> some pretty horrendous comments. You're going, to, you're going to have terrible performances. People are always judging you every minute of every day. Not just on the pitch. You know, if you if you're in a, you can even be in a bar and you say something wrong to somebody. That's you know you're you're, yeah. you're deemed an idiot. You know, mm. arrogant oh, nowadays that arrogant, whatever, and right. you're not you having a bad day. But the one thing you spoke spoke about there and you talk about illnesses and that, sleep patterns are normally the thing that really get to players. Can't sleep, anxious. Can't, and when you don't sleep properly yeah. and you've got to get through 90 minutes against Liverpool, Man United or Chelsea and your concentration level is not where it needs to be because you haven't slept more than five hours, that, no one cares. Yeah, yeah, No one cares. And you get on the bus and you think, oh, God, going to get battered. Yeah. And you know it's coming. If it's not from kerbs, it's from, <laughs> you know, your yeah, teammates. Yeah. If you're not from your teammates, it's from the fans. Or Merv. And then you've got to recover. And you've got to recover quick. Yeah. So you've got to learn to deal with it. Right? And, and there will undoubtedly be players that don't deal with it. Yeah. And they need help. Yeah, the match report doesn't say, you know,
0: Steve Brown had a poor game, but he didn't really get his full 10 hours. <laughs> no, you know what? <laughs> brackets and
1: Sunday. I, I actually can't. I sleep like I'm in a coma. <laughs> so it wasn't a problem for me. And I don't really struggle with the mental side of it. Right. Um, I, what I used to tend to do if I was having one was just go back to back, give it to somebody, well, literally anybody better than me. Any, any pass I could make, I was finding someone better than me. <laughs> but, you know, go to back to real basics. Don't try anything outrageous. Don't do anything stupid. Pick the simplest pass you can. Get yourself back into the game. Strong foot back in the game. Five passes, don't give it away.
0: Well, I was going to ask you, a game like the 98 playoff final, which yep. is huge,
1: yep. massive. At what point do you settle into that game? Well, I mean, I come on late, but what I would say is that you talk about nerves, that was horrendous. Yeah, You're walking out and that, that is something none of us have experienced. Uh, and, and never after either. So before or after, nothing compared to that day. When you walk out that tunnel and the noise levels go up, you couldn't hear me from where you're sat, which is what, two foot away. Mm. You just couldn't. And then... Like all football matches, there is nerves. You're walking out of the tunnel and you're looking. You've got Vieira walking down next to you. And you're thinking, oh, Jesus, he's six foot five. He's an animal, right?" And the nerves. And he's smiling, real. Yeah and, he, yeah, and they haven't lost a game in 25, yeah. and you're in the bottom three, and you know, and you're sitting there, and the nerves are kicking in. But once the whistle goes, once that first tap's taken, your your brain just goes into automatic concentration. What's my job? Where's the ball? You know, where's my position? All those things kick in, a thousand thoughts. There could be fireworks going off around you. You wouldn't know. That's what I thought you'd say. I thought yeah. you'd say, you know, once the whistle goes, we're professionals. Yeah. It's not about being professional. There... Your brain focuses on its job so much. Right, okay. Right? That you block everything at there's out. no moment it's not in a the professional, game. It's not professionalism. It's not. You think about things that you've got to. So you think about the balls in play. I've got to think about where my man is you know how's he going to get in behind inside I've got him think about my covering position on my mate I've got to think about where I am in terms of playing an offside or not playing off there's a thousand things and that ball's moving all the time so every time it's moved you know every time it moves you've got to adjust your thought process on yeah, what you're yeah. doing there isn't time to worry about somebody some gives you I need air cut or I'm fat or you know
2: I don't care yeah because in breaks and play I played in front of an empty valley uh, a couple of years ago and when I, was, when I went out for a corner, okay, it wasn't a big game. You know, you could, you could, you could let your mind wander. Uh, but went out for a corner and I'm staring in wonder at a completely empty covered end, just stealing a glance, were there not moments like that at Anfield, at Wembley, where you just kind of let the occasion kind of, oh, shit, look where I am. No. Or you Or so... maybe.
1: Like your brain just won't the, allow. It's it exactly and... right. The saddest thing about it all is what I said to you earlier. Your memory banks don't let you remember most of it because you're concentrating on the match itself what i would say is we didn't celebrate the highs enough and curbs was very much don't get here don't 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 be too high don't be too low you know just fluctuating around the middle and that's what he sold to us and so we were pretty much a team that had our feet firmly on the ground and worked its socks off the sad reality is i wish i'd have celebrated the good days more yeah you know, we we did some special things in that period, yeah. which we we didn't even acknowledge. We just went next game,
0: and that's a quite that's mm. quite sad. Well, similarly, the fans during the Premier League days, I think, took it for granted a bit. You know, mm. it's like oh yeah, we beat Chelsea yeah, on one, Boxing Day, one yeah.
2: 4 yeah. one four two at Highbury. Yes, I can buy a DVD about that game now. <laughs> yeah. But
1: yeah. Apart yeah. from that, yeah, you sort of. And, and honestly, I think, I think I did an interview after that game, and and, and I was asked a question. And I said, look, at the end of the day, we know. Uh, you're not Charlton in, uh, in terms of over the next twenty years are not going to come to Highbury, which then became the Emirates, you know, and win or oh, score four goals was my first thing. Score four goals, you know, what an achievement! And secondly, we're not going to come here and win too many times. And so, consequently, we never scored four again, and we've hardly ever won there again, and we haven't played there <laughs> in twenty years. And that's how that's how good that result was. Is the point I'm making? Were we were we four one up in that game? I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, so yeah, and and th- there's a great moment in that game at four one. We're resetting back to the our positions, so I'm. I'll go back with fishing. We're walking back, going, like laughing, right? <laughs> and kids, who was captain at the time, starts clapping like that, clapping around the team. He goes, "Come on, boys, listen! If we dig in, we'll get a draw." <laughs> <laughs>
0: what well, do you know? What that's. What, I, I, I was. I wasn't there, but I was watching it on the telly with my uncle, and I kind of knowing the team Arsenal oh, and mate. the goals they had in them. I thought this
1: isn't over. It's, it was. Listen, they could have been, They should have been out of sight. It, it was a bit like the derby game here. Yeah. They should have been out of sight after yeah. half an hour. And we acknowledge that. We should have been 4 0 down. If they weren't so. And it wasn't arrogance. It's not arrogance. But if they weren't so hell bent on almost walking the ball into the back of the net, we would have been 4 0 down. Yeah. Right? And should have been. Yeah.
0: But if you don't take your chances. Yeah. Why didn't they do... just chip the keeper from outside the box? Well, that
1: what a <laughs> uh, <laughs> guy. Yeah. I mean, look, that's, that, 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 that's one of those things. I've seen that goal and we talk about, you know, and, and I, I do get the ump with football when it starts making up different phrases and for the same things that went on 20 years ago, but now it's called something different. And if we call it what we called it 20 years ago, you're we a dinosaur. No, you're not. We did it. So like That goal there was, a, was what press. they call a high yeah, press, yeah, 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 yeah. but it didn't exist when we did it at Arsenal, no. you know, and it did exist. You know, we just called that pressing. Yeah. Not yeah. high press, it was just pressing. Literally that, wasn't it? Wasn't it JJ on Viera, Oh, there was three maybe? of them. Yeah. Three of yeah. them Impacts. went for him. Three of them went for him as soon as, so there, so there was a trigger there where the ball was allowed to go to him. But once it did, the, the pressure was quick. It was fast. There was a turnover. After that though, there's no one else <laughs> in our team could have scored that goal, by the way. No one else. No. That is Klaus all day long. Did things in training where you just went... <laughs> But he did need to be ultra fit. <laughs> really? Yeah, hundred percent toenail. I was gonna. Say, yeah, I knew, I knew he
3: was that. Actually. I, I,
1: my mind did go to Klaus for that
3: earlier. I
1: <laughs> love it. <laughs> he was, uh, he was a special, special guy. There were so many good. Listen, I ain't got enough time, but so like, many good guys in that group. I
2: heard he liked to fag. Klaus Jensen. Yeah, was,
1: liked to, like to gamble, but not, not, not as in. Addicted gambling, yeah. but he'd, he'd go to you I bet I'll score a chip at... His gambling yeah. was like, I can't bet you that, Klaus, that's a ridiculous bet. So first, first <laughs> time we went up to the Premier League, he, or, or maybe the second, whenever he joined, the first five fixtures had Arsenal, Man United, Newcastle away, mm. and he goes, oh, we we'll definitely get at least seven points. <laughs> at least seven. <laughs> and I said, we do well to get three. You yeah, know, come on, mate, be serious. He's going, no, 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 you should never bet against us, you know. And he he said, I'll bet you the X amount of pounds. I went, oh, go on then. And we got like four, didn't we, or five or something. And he came in with the money. I said, I don't want the money. And, <laughs> you know, just, and he wouldn't not, Right. yeah, he wouldn't not take it back. He said, no, 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 you bet, so you take. Like that. And I took the money reluctantly. but And I was only betting as a bit of a, yeah. come on, mate, be realistic. <laughs> but he was, yeah, we had, we had a very, very good squad. You know, and you hear a lot of players come into podcasts and do interviews and they say, wow, I had a great squad. But genuinely, that was an incredible period for team camaraderie and spirit
2: and oh. literally everybody got on. Everybody. And so the people, like the signings, it was a fairly glamorous signing, four million, someone like Jensen, mm. Jonas New coming in. They integrated into the kind of group that was there from winning the title in the championship quite quite smoothly did they
1: yeah the Scandinavian boys were brilliant Sven was brilliant JJ was brilliant uh Martin was brilliant and and Klaus obviously was brilliant they really it, it, there's nothing not to like about those guys they're genuinely nice people and they just slotted in and that's what we were we were a bunch of gen- we, we we were we always felt we were massively punching above our weight and overachieving so we felt like we were down here you know and actually we weren 't you come to realize when, the, when your career's over and you look back we weren 't punching above our weight, we deserved to be there we were a better side than we gave ourselves credit for, mm. and in some respects, I think that goes back to curbs is don 't elevate yourself, yeah. stay middling, but actually, when you look back, you think no we were we were better yeah. than what we thought we were, you know, and that sometimes makes you a little bit you know you reflect on that and thinking, I should have been a bit more upbeat about myself and what, a bit more upbeat about what we were we were a good side really the, good. what st- are
0: the highs that you wish you'd celebrated a, a bit more uh well the playoff final we did
1: celebrate that yeah. was that was a three-dayer <laughs> and uh <laughs> talk
0: I, us through those celebrations
1: well the celebrations well we went back to hotel first and at sort of like um five in the morning we were singing around a piano i don't know who's playing it someone was playing a piano and we we're all singing and then we dispersed after that and then you went off into like like i said little social groups you have but mine went on for three days and I remember a, I remember playing golf on the third day and I got into an almighty row with a lady at the bar because I just hadn't slept. And she said something to me and I didn't and I had an almighty row of her about something. And then you, whoever I was the with, premiership cra- now. No, 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 nothing <laughs> like <laughs> that. No, I was never <laughs> like that. Crikey. No, no, but it was like she let me order. She let me order all the drinks from my group and she went, I'm not serving you in that top. I said, well, what'd you let me order all the drinks for? Yeah, it just escalated because I was tired and I hadn't slept and I like matchsticks holding my eyelids up. Uh, yeah, I lost my temper a bit more than I should. And you walk away and you think, it wouldn't have happened if it was three days ago. But that was a, gr- yeah, that one. But the, the things like the championship winning season, like, which was my favourite year in football, bar none, right? Bar none and uh, that just sort of came and went and we won <laughs> yeah. it and we all went home and <laughs> yeah. it seems quite business like <laughs> yeah. yeah. and you think we did. I don't remember doing too much I don't remember doing too much at all I And mean, that's a hell of an achievement yeah, yeah. it's not like it is now teams struggled to go straight back up back then the the, the para- was there even parachute money there was yeah but, but not, it was it, not minimal much. minimal
4: wasn't it yeah. minimal
1: but now like I, I said on on another show that I did I don't want to see the three that have come down from the Premier League challenge for the Championship this year and they all are they're all inside the top six already yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're like oh God rubbish
4: that that season we went down we were we were so close weren't we to staying up
1: yeah well I got in around Christmas that year yeah and uh, and the Man United game here we lost one nil yeah yeah. And I, I had a decent game, actually. He was gutted to come off that one. And it was like 94th minute Fergie time again. But um, we went on a decent run, actually, through through February and March. And I think I, you had Maltz on, didn't you? I think, yeah. Maltz, I think, sorry, Maltz, but I think you missed the penalty, mate.
2: Leeds, Leeds. Leeds. Yeah, yeah. and well, if we'd
1: have won that, you know, you talk about moments. Because yeah, we, didn't, we didn't win the game after that, I don't think. So if, the momentum sort of stopped on that game. Yeah, he hit the post, didn't he? If I remember rightly, yeah, I get the
4: I mean, post on that one yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, but but that was a nil-niler, and and those two yeah. points would have put us right in amongst yeah. Them, wouldn't yeah. it. Yeah. Now, listen. By the time we got back at Sheffield Wednesday, we were up asking favours off of uh, Southampton. or something. Everton, Everton, sorry, yeah. yeah, yeah, Everton beat Southampton. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. and and it didn't materialise. Yeah. But 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 what I will say is, out of that disappointment, because we again we didn't spend a lot of money when we went up. You know, you, you look at you look at how. History looks at that, you know, doing a Charlton, doing a Leicester, you know, going up, consolidating, not spending fortunes. We did that. And when we come down, uh, you know, out of that, you know, um, disappointment came the best year in football for me. Well, that,
0: no, nobody left, did they, really? Nobody
1: left. And we were a machine the next year. Mm. We got to Christmas and we weren't, we, I, don't know, I don't know where we were at Christmas. But I, the reason I remember this is because this was why it was probably my favourite period of my career, is that Yaozi came out with a really bad injury at Huddersfield, I think on Boxing Day. I think he split his patella and it was horrible. You know, you don't wish injuries. And that's another thing. We never wish to ill on each other. Like centre, sometimes you get a centre half and he goes, I hope you have a stinker, you know, in his head. I hope you have a stinker. None of us wish like that. But that injury was horrendous. Mm-hmm. He was in so much pain. But it meant I got on the pitch and I got next to Richard who, for some reason, and you'd have to ask Kerbs this. He never really fancied me and Rich together. We didn't really get too many games together. But that day was forced to put me in. And we, we won that one. And I think we come back down here and play Palace, beat Palace at home. I think, I don't know. I can't remember the exact, but that was a 12-game winning streak. Mm. 12 straight wins. Yeah, yeah. And if you ask me what I'm most proud of in my career, it's that period. That I was in that side that won 12 straight games, which was a, Record by some distance in the championship, yeah. which isn't easy to do. No. Well, it's not easy to do at any level. We don't see any teams winning twelve on a try. You know, twelve straight wins at any level, whether it's non-league, league two, whatever, it's almost impossible. That was my favourite period, and it just sent us skyrocketing up to first position. And we drifted over the line in the end, with draws and losses and draws, and we yeah. got over through Man City not winning somewhere. Yeah, but it didn't matter. We were up, but that twelve-game run. Was, was my favourite time. And being in that squad that year was my favourite time in football. It was brilliant.
4: What was it like with Merv? Merv and Kerbs? Because Kerbs would seem to be giving the orders and then... Was Merv the enforcer?
1: Well, you wouldn't mess with Merv. He's a, he's a bit of a unit, Merv. <laughs> <laughs> right? And he's a, again, lovely fella. Like, top, top fella. But they call it... Uh, you know, and I've, I've unfortunately had the finger too many times in terms of you turn up to the training ground and Merv's in the doorway of the reception and you go, I remember the the best one I can tell you is me and Robbo were driving in together and I'd had a good game the week before and we pulled up on the Friday and Merv's in the doorway and I went, can you swear? And I went, fuck off, it can't be me this week, Robbo. (laughs) It's got to be you, mate. And he went, and you know what Robbo's like? Fucking no chance, son. (laughs) Fucking John Robinson. So I went, I went, John, it can't be me. I said, I, honestly, it can't. And I got out and you don't want to look at Merv. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and he looked at me and he just pointed upstairs and I just threw my bag on the floor. I went, you are joking at you. And he went, he wants to see you. I said, no, nah, I'm not going to see him. I said, I don't even want to hear it. I don't even want to hear why. Because sometimes <laughs> like the excuse is worse than being dropped. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. The reason for being dropped makes you even worse than if you just go. And I said, am I sub? He went, yep. I said, so I'm involved tomorrow. Yep. Good enough. Tell him I'm good as gold. And that I never went to see him again after that. I never wanted the excuse, didn't need the excuse. Just accepted that... Uh, look, I guess I was beyond my years in maturity. He picks the team that wants he wants to win the game. If I'm not in it, I'm not in it. It doesn't matter what the reason is. He is the manager. Yeah. He pays me to play for Charlton Athletic. And if he picks an 11 that thinks he's better suited to win a game with me out of it, I just have to knuckle down and work even harder. So that when, when my chance comes in a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, I'm ready. What I didn't want to do is sulk. Like you might have seen me sulk for a day. One day. And then generally if I did, Keith Peacock would come shuffling over. <laughs> uh, you right? Not really, Keith, no. And he would always iron it out. I was going to say, how long do those, those riffs last? Is it? They don't last. Right. It's, it's pride. That's all you, your pride's yeah, dented. That's oh. it. Your pride's dented. You're gutted. You get over it. You have to. <laughs> who cares? When you, when you think about it, who actually cares? Mm. Me. That's, that's it. The rest want to win a game.
3: <laughs> yeah. is that something that happens every week a manager will curly finger it you'll have to go in and speak to a, a, some an do office.
1: Some, some do some don't
3: because so, I, I, I just, my assumption would be that there would be a little bit of just everyone in the changing room and then just some little things on a board no, you know, like, right no, well, I'm no, not no, playing them
1: no it's a lot <laughs> no, it's a lot deeper than that's that that's nice that's nice yeah. to hear I'm happy to hear yeah. that yeah no because what happens is you you need to work on stuff maybe on a Thursday and Friday maybe just a Friday but when there is a confusion and, and a manager goes, oh, I'm not sure about this week, that can get left to a Saturday. There have been occasions where we've worked and he's changed everyone around on the Thursday. All right, I want to try these two at centre-half. You go in at right back. And what he does is he makes seven changes, so no one really knows. Uh-huh. But in, in, in reality, you'll go, yeah, Brownie's out. <laughs> <laughs> right so so uh, that goes on where there's little games where it'll make multiple changes and then it, and because he's not quite sure how he wants to go uh, on on the Saturday or whenever the game is and then what you'll find is the team sheet just goes up bang yeah but you're professional enough to know so the team sheet goes up bang the you can't do anything on the day <laughs> you, you know you just put your kit on that's it keep quiet time to see the managers on the Monday. That's a private little chat. If you're really upset, private little chat. If you're not upset, don't worry about it, carry on, right? But then the next thing is to make sure you support the team that is playing because ultimately the win benefits absolutely everybody. So it's to support the team and make sure... I always used to check the set pieces for everybody, you know, so that if, you know, if you're looking out there and someone forgot their job, which did happen from time to time, you could drop down near post keys. And, you know, if you're warming up on the sidelines, you could chuck out a little bit of information. But... Yeah, I was always, always try to be as supportive as I could. And you might, your mum might sit there going, well, yeah, of course. No, not everyone's like that. <laughs> not everyone, when they get dropped, they're, yeah, in a bad place.
4: Going back, ship injury. Yeah. I mean, you must have thought at the time, that's it. Because at that time, it yeah. was really, really difficult for a player to come back from that sort of injury.
1: Yeah, yeah I got it young. 18, Saw so that 72, 82, 90, which is the same time I think Gascoigne did his except Gascoigne would have got top, top medical attention. He was worth millions. Uh, I had a horror story. I, I, I mean, I, I, look, if I went into it, it would it would get a bit personal because hmm. I thought I was let down badly at the time. Um, things that were not done properly. Uh, I was out for a long time and it wasn't just an initial cruciate. They diagnosed it wrong. Uh then I went back, they said it was a cartilage, repaired a cartilage, went back, couldn't, just knee was swelling up every training session. Sent me back to the same fella that misdiagnosed it, couldn't see it again. I asked for, a, this was now, we're now eight months in, and I still haven't had it diagnosed properly, you know, so I asked for a second opinion. I got given a second opinion, went straight to a different surgeon, straight away, within 24 hours, your cruciate's not even there, you haven't got a cruciate. So I went back to the club and I went, how, have you, how has he missed that, this fella? They sent me back to the first surgeon to have it repaired, who didn't even know that my cruise ship was missing. So when I look back as an 18-year-old kid, I should have yeah. gone, I ain't going back there, mate. Yeah. You send me to the second surgeon, please. But you don't, because you're young. You don't have a clue. And actually, they, uh, it got worse than that. He messed up the operation itself. So that went wrong. So I had a, a, a patella tendon. They cut a bit of p- a patella. Out and they, they'd stitch that through where the cruise would go and they stitch it up and apparently they test it before they stitch you up and as he tested it it flew back out again yeah. mm-hmm. so when I woke up I was I, I've never experienced pain like it before or since morphine out again because I was in so much pain I was like I couldn't control myself so bang morphine out for another few hours when I woke up the next time the pain had subsided enough for me to be able to control myself in terms of calm myself down Went away for two weeks because my leg went was so swollen. It was basically straight. From the knee down to the ankle, it was straight. So swollen. Went back two weeks later. They'd sent over a, something called a Leeds Keo, which was an artificial ligament. Stitched that in. And the bone's supposed to s- slowly grow through it. And then I did my nine months rehabilitation. But from that day onwards, as soon as they put the Leeds Keo in, I didn't have more than 90% bend in my leg for the rest of my career. Wow. and no, yeah And I couldn't turn properly. I only had 90% bend in my leg. And I'm suffering now. You know, we were speaking off air about the PFA and the Benevolent Fund. And, Mm. you know, I am suffering now as a 50-year-old, more than most 50-year-olds will ever suffer, ever. Uh, I can't sit in cinemas. I can't, you know, I get to the end of a round of golf. I can't play tennis. Tennis was my second sport, not golf. Tennis was. I haven't haven't picked up a tennis racket for 25 years because of the, the pounding on concrete just... Yeah, boof, swollen like you can't believe. Is
0: that something that could be cured with a full <coughs> knee no. replacement? Well,
1: yeah, but they won't allow me to have one until I'm much older. Really? Yeah. I'm not in I'm not in listen don't want to paint doom and gloom it. Mm. I'm not in pain sat here. It's just very restrictive. Right. So I'm not in pain sat here with you guys now. My left knee fun enough has deteriorated. I think where it's carried where I've lent yeah. over to the left, my left hip, left lower back and left knee. Need attention. My left knee needs an operation now. I've just just literally starting a process now with the doctor. You know, here's my physio letter, and so you get an you know, operation by a twenty. No, yeah, I'll probably have the knee replacement before I get the Yeah, but it, it's it sadly was in an era and a time frame where, yeah, players were not deemed assets. Only you know, a select few were deemed assets. Yeah. I was an eighteen year old kid, so therefore I wasn't treated like a gazer because he was worth millions. Um, and, and and sadly, you know, I, I think there was some. Was there any point yeah. during that episode that you thought
0: this this I might not play again?
1: No, because do you, do you know what? You're so young, you're so naive, you're so wet behind the ears. Mm. You're just constantly getting fit. That's it. I, I, I tell you what wouldn't happen now. What happened to me? I wasn't even at the training ground rehabilitating. I was in Epsom. Drove myself to Epsom every day. Well, at first I couldn't drive. I I disliked this this leg brace on for. Six weeks. So my girlfriend at the time drove me up to Epsom every day to start my rehabilitation. And once the, once the leg brace come off, I just drove myself to Epsom every day. I didn't, I didn't see anyone at the training round for months. That wouldn't happen now.
0: Yeah, Maltz told a, a similar story, didn't he, about yeah. how he was misdiagnosed and then eventually, when it was too late, after he'd retired, he yeah. got diagnosed and he, he was beside
3: yeah, he himself. Sounds still, he sounded still quite angry, didn't he? And yeah. He yeah. yeah. be
1: so. Yeah. I, I think the difference between me and Maltz is 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 that was my only real injury right and it did lead me to retire early I had retired at 31 and I wasn't ready to retire mm. when I woke up from that hospital bed I thought it was another flush out another little trim and when I woke up the surgeon and the physio at Reading were sat there which is not a good sign uh, and and yeah the sympathetic puppy dog eyes were you're done mate and I said well I'm done and I said, can I can I carry on you know what if I did another year no, mate, you wouldn't. You won't be playing football with your kids if you play another year. It's ready to go. Like, it's ready to absolutely twist and mangle up and you won't be playing football with the kids in the garden. Right now, still play a bit of football in the kid, with the kids in the garden. Mm. So that was decision made, right? Where I think I'm different than Maltz is, that was it. That is my only grumble. I, I'm, I didn't suffer with any muscle injuries. No calf strains, no thighs, no groins, no stomach, nothing. Mm. All the injuries I ever got from that point were impact. Blocking shots you know, uh, ligament damage in the ankle. And that's what I'm saying to you. When I said to you earlier about strapping me up and putting an injection in and carrying on, players wouldn't have played. I, my foot at times was purple and black, strapped up, couldn't even move my foot. It was so strapped up, right. but played. And I look back and that's not a hero thing. Mm. That makes me an idiot, quite mm. honestly. You should, I should never have been out on that pitch. Does ever. that not go on now, that kind no. of... I don't know. I, I guess some people might. Some people, you know, you have to remember as well, that was probably a consequence of the contract I was on, which was heavily geared to me playing, you know. Appearance fees. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was on a very low basic because they used my knee injury against me for years. And I, look, it sounds like I'm really critical, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I, 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 I'm not. I'm not. You know, yeah. it's a business. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. a business. It's their job to yeah. get players yeah. in for cheap. Mm. It's the, it's <laughs> the player's job to build himself up and get more money. And that's why agents have got a bigger role to play now. Wish I'd have got an agent much younger. Mm. younger. You can slaughter agents all you like, right? And they are. There are some brilliant ones. There's some horrendous ones. Mm. Without them, you get nothing. You get mm. nothing like you should be getting. Mm. You well, I didn't anyway. I yeah. used a PFA for years useless mm-hmm. undercut me for years not without my knowledge you know oh that's a good deal sign that I, I'm I'm convinced PFA would go in and they go we're not paying him in one act people oh okay don't they don't want to fight for your cause do they an agent will because whatever he gets you he's getting yeah. more money mm-hmm. yeah. yeah right so as soon, as soon as I brought in an agent my contract reflected I still think I was worth more if I look back on my career that's the one one regret I have is I was a crap negotiator <laughs> <laughs> and didn't hold out for what I should have held out for. You know, knowing what other people were getting around me, knowing transfers we bought in and the fees we paid for them and what they were earning, I should have got more than I was Does on. Does that
0: ever figure, you know, in within the team, within a team, knowing another player is on four times what you're and do you know the specifics? Not exactly.
1: Yeah. No, that's the, that's the reality. Guessing? The reality is you, you know they've come from somewhere that's a lot bigger than Charlton. <laughs> so you guess... And then you hear a figure, um, and, and the reality is you don't know. You know but it, it doesn't I've, breed resentment within the- You can't be resent. So my dad said to me, I went, I went home one day, phoned my dad, and I said, listen, Dad, you know, can't believe I've just heard someone's on X amount of pounds. And he said, well, you, you just signed yours, right, in the summer. and Let's I mean, say it's October, November, it doesn't matter what the month is. And I went, yeah. And he said, so when you signed it, you were happy to sign that? And I went, yeah. He went, well, then what are you fucking about that? <laughs> You know, that's your fault. It's not his fault. Yeah. It's your fault. It's and from that nature, day onwards, I never... Uh, it was my fault I was on what I was on. I didn't. And it go back to what I said earlier. I didn't value myself enough. I didn't value what we were doing enough. Because we were just middle of the road. Oh, should we really be playing against Liverpool? <laughs> Steve Brown from Brighton, you know, got to come into the game late. No, no, you were on your own. You were worth more than you were getting. But... I I found out 10 15 years too late unfortunately. You know, and that's reality. I'm not bitter about it at all. I had a football career, played for Charlton for 12 years. <laughs>
0: were there any opportunities where a club came in for you while you were at Charlton? Uh
1: I believe there was, but again, you you don't know that. You don't have to be told that. If there's no official bid and it's just an inquiry, no one has to filter that down to you. Mm. So someone can phone Curves up and go, "Lab Brown, we fancy him, yeah. No, I'm all right, thanks, he's got two years to run, not mm. interested, phone goes down, you'll never know.
0: Because that's the way that you get to earn more, isn't it? You yeah, go somewhere yeah, else yeah. and you right. work up, so, like any job really.
1: Yeah, well the first five years of my career, my knee was used against me. So I had a really good year, I'll give you an example. And, I, I, and again, this is, not me, this is not me telling this story because I'm angry or bitter about it, I'm not. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those ones that thankful for the career. But actually, in reality, when you look back, we were better than what we thought we were. And, that, and I don't I think don't, there's a player in that team got, well, there's, there's, there's maybe a few. The few big hitters got what they deserved, but quite a few of us didn't. And, and, and we're not angry about that. we just mm. state of play. We signed the deals. But the point being that I went to Richard Murray one year and I'd had a good year. I can't remember the year. I'd had a good year, 40-odd games. I was up for one of the positions of player of the year. And he said, "Right, Steve, we need to negotiate a new contract. Would you come round to my house?" So I went round to his house, <laughs> and he opened the door and he went, "Hello, Steve." And I was with an agent. And he went, "Hello, hello, come in, come in." Sat down. He went, "Yeah, really, really good season. Well done." He said, "But that knee could go any time, couldn't it?" <laughs> <laughs> oh. And we're worried about that. And that's the negotiating tactics that they are—they have to use. That's their job yeah. to do that. Mm. And I was going, "But I'm." Um, Five seasons without injury, Richard. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was 90-90, you know. But that's their job. But you end up, you always, it's poker game, isn't it? I want that. They shuffle something else across the table. You go back with something else. And eventually, you've. if I bluff him one more, he might pull the whole lot, which I've seen. Yeah. I've seen, you know, Charlie MacDonald went in, tried to push one too many off. It got, got his contract off withdrawn, left yeah. the club. Yeah. And so presumably does, presumably you wanted
0: to stay, Charlton. I
1: always wanted to stay. It wasn't that's, like a negotiation. That's the reason, yeah, yeah. right there in a nutshell, yeah. I was on less than I should have been. Yeah, Because they always knew I didn't want to leave. Yeah, I didn't want to move my family. Because you're in, you're in a hat with 500 other players. could yeah. end up anywhere. Yeah, Let your contract run out. Great. Sounds great, doesn't it? Except Stockport coming for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't mean to put anybody down, but it's, I'm just using a Northern club. You
2: know, because I don't want to move. Just Ockport. Yeah. Like Alex Gilby not wanting to go to Lincoln. He's gone down a lead to stay local in Stevenage. you forget about the a lovely lives cathedral behind isn't
0: it. <laughs> it. Yes. Yeah. But people
3: don't Did want to d- Does he know that? Did we tell him <laughs> that? He does love
0: a cathedral, Gilbs, I think.
3: <laughs> not, just not that one. <laughs> fun fun, <Is> that, fact, <laughs> fun Why fact. didn't Ely City come in for me? That's, I'm not gonna pay you enough actually. <laughs> he's gone, he's
0: gone to Canterbury on a free. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you talk about injuries. Um, yeah, I've got to ask you this one, and we've we've spoken about this one before, and you know where I'm going. Yeah, it's Leicester the stretcher. City. Yeah, the stretcher. Now, Mike Dean did say recently yeah. something, didn't he? I mean, what was that all about? He said he wouldn't have sent you off. Yeah,
1: he had to. Yeah, it was deliberate handball. So I don't I don't know if that was for a bit of attention. I don't <laughs> know, but or was it to cover the mistake he did make, which was sending Leicester player off because yeah. it wasn't a sending off, and it did cost their manager his job. You know, they lost against ten men, two uh, 2-0 and he lost his job the next, uh, that night or the next morning. Um, so maybe it was him covering that up. But I deserved to get sent off. And I told, I don't think I told Mike Dean that, but I've never denied ever, or despite the catalogues and it was funny and the stories that go around, that was a sending off, you yeah. know, and I wasn't injured. My, it was just one of those really unfortunate things where <laughs> my ankle gave way at the wrong time. You know, I read the flick on, got myself in a nice position. And as I went to transfer weight, off she went. And I thought, oh, he's going through on goal here. So, And it's just a natural one. Out it goes, bang, stop that. Free kick outside the box, sending off. But we went on to win the game, which is the most important thing. Yeah. You know, if we lose the game, I'm probably in for a bit of a a pasting off of kerbs and a, maybe a fine. But that was one of those ones where, you know, Peter Viney at the time, I got in Monday morning and there was a we had pigeonholes. A letter from me, bang, out he comes. And he, he did the same with with Robbo. Robbo scored at Man United, I don't know if you've heard the story. And he pulls his shirt up and it's it's got some wording on the shirt. But the shirt wasn't, it was a Nike shirt, not a club sponsored. And he got a letter from Varney on the Monday saying that, Whoever we were sponsored by, I don't know who we were sponsored by, uh, they want £10,000 for wearing non-official... Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, because they knew Robbo was going to go mental. And, it was, <laughs> right, and everybody knew, everybody knew, right, the letter was coming. And he just went bang, 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 bang up the stairs. You heard the feet go across the... Heard <laughs> the banging on the curbs' of his door. <laughs> and he's like and we were all laughing and i got a similar one saying that that the uh, we'd lost so much retail revenue over the weekend that they wanted 5000 pounds <laughs> i did start laughing i was you know but Vard had a brilliant sense of humor and like i said the, uh, the people over here working at the valley you know we weren't best of friends or anything but we knew we knew everyone that was here and they knew who we were and you could interact and you could have fun like that and you know there's other there's other stories that are not fit for air but you know they're they're great stories
0: (laughs) thanks to steve brown stay tuned there'll be more coming up you're listening to mod pod brought to you in association with the river alehouse greenwich southeast london pub of the year 2022 Thanks to our new sponsors, the River Ale House on the Woolwich Road. Do pop in pre- and post-match for all your craft beer needs.
4: Indeed, thank you. The award-winning, award-winning. Yeah. South East London's award-winning pub. There you go. Gav, what are we doing? now? Are we doing a bit of poetry next?
0: I think we are. Uh, the uh, covered end Pam Mr Stephen J. Charnock, has prepared another verse. Take it away, Steve. Hi, thank you. This poem is called
3: Billy Bullshit's First Ever Charlton Game by Stephen J. Charnock We called him Billy Bullshit, lying was his motivation. He couldn't get enough of falsehoods, fibs and fabrications. His favourite whoppers on one subject were almost quite poetic. Billy loved to make stuff up about Charlton Athletic. Specifically, he'd make up tales about his first ever game. 200,000 in the crowd. 8-0 we'd won, he'd claim. Or he was at the cup final win in 1947, or Stamford Bridge in 83, a guest of Patty Nevin. Each time it was a different match, lies spilling out his cake hole. But more often than not, it would be a game where Stevie Brown was in goal. The lies, the lies, the porky pies, it really was a pity. He'd corner you to perjure himself, that woolwich Walter Mitty. The constant myths, unending drivel, he'd give me quite a yump. He'd talk such utter bollocks, that Cockney Forrest Gump. One night, I snapped. I lost my cool. I'd finally had enough. I said, come on, man. Your first ever game. Be honest. None of that funny stuff. He put down his pint. Tears in his eyes. He brushed away crumbs from his scampy fries. When I tell you, perhaps you'll realise why I come up with so many lies. It was a nil-nil draw against Tranmere Rovers in the third round of the FA Cup in 1972. It was fucking awful. (laughs) Thank
0: you even Jay Charnat there.
3: You're listening to Mod Pod from the team behind Mod Mag, the very pleasant Charlton Fanzine.
4: So we're in the Charlton Museum and we thought it appropriate that we dig out something from the archives and uh Ian Wallace is with us. Ian, you've dug out Brownie's contract.
1: <laughs> we have, yes, yeah, an early one, I think,
3: and a
4: very early one. So, yeah. Brownie, what, what do you remember about signing this?
1: Right. So, the, the first thing I remember was obviously you get your two-year scholar and you're on twenty-nine fifty and thirty-five quid. So, the first thing you think is right. I'm going whatever happens, I'm going to be rich, <laughs> right? Because uh, yeah. So you walk up and you go up to Lenny. First thing is Lenny's got to give you the pro contract bang. Going to take a gamble on you, son. And if you'd have heard what he said to me two years before, you'd have never thought that was possible. If that was a horse, Clarkie, I'd shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really? Think, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I walk up. I'm going to take a chance on you, son. Great development over the last two years. Um, go to see Arnie. Off I go to Arnie. Got the contract. Signed my name at the bottom. £175 a week um and you do think you've won the lot. What
0: year are we talking about?
1: 1990. Okay. The sad reality is though I did the crucia not long after that. Yeah. So that 175 remained 175 because the club did as it would. I went back in uh, in the summer to see curbs and gritty and I actually got given my P45. Uh and what they said was we're not releasing you but if you find another club and you want to go you can. Otherwise, you're going to have to come back in pre-season. We're not offering you a deal until you prove to us you can get through pre-season. So I came back pre-season. I had two offers that summer, both non-league clubs at the time, which was Yeovil and Wickham. And I was only 18, 19, or whatever it was. Came back in, got through pre-season, no problem at all, looking strong, looking fit. And true to the word, another contract was on the table at the end of pre-season, but for the same money. You know, oh, we're not, get through the season, you have the same money. And that's kind of why I was always playing catch-up because of that injury. But yeah, I mean, still got it. I think I've got all my contracts. And the one I'm, I'm not even disappointed in that one. That's a a real, you know, in terms of pride you feel that you've made, you know, your first professional contract. You've been signed on by somebody. And and let me tell you, the the numbers are horrific for fallout. They're horrific. So even though that's, you know, real proud day for you and, you know I, I know my dad was proud and you sign up the numbers that fall out beyond that are incredible i, mean, I think it's tw- what is it 20% are, are are left after 2 years yeah so i mean it's even less than that mm. but it's an incredible fall away anyway so you end up you know i end up getting through you know the first and second year the third year it, it did increase a little bit um but the you know as much as that that made me proud Disappointed, like I said, with negotiations moving forward. If you if you see my two contracts when we got promoted from the championship to the Premier League, so playing in the Premier League in 98, 99, yep. and then 2000, 2001, you would, I think you'd be very, very surprised at what some of us were picking up in those years.
0: Wow. In terms of how small it was? Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah how little we earned. And mine was loaded to play. Right. So if I wasn't playing or if I didn't get on, it really was you, you would be yeah because everybody thinks Premier League so everyone's on thousands and thousands and that. no we just weren't well I wasn't right you know and I was ne- unfortunately was never one of those players that was I had a couple of times when I went in and negotiated and I was on the front foot but the majority of the time I had seven one year contracts first seven years of my career so oh. <laughs> yeah it's tough because you get to Christmas and you're already thinking about it it's quite precarious isn't yeah, yeah it? I'm out I'm no. out in four months mm. five months like I said, then you're in a hat with hundreds and hundreds of professional players, and as you well know, some would have played three, 400 league games. You know So you're in that hat. could end up anywhere in the country. you know, if, if, if you're chasing the money, you know, and whoever offers you the best deal, you're going to go. Yeah. So I was always happy signing early. And Curbs was, I think, was always happy to get it done early because it was <laughs> it's a cheap one. <laughs> it allowed him to it allowed him to give someone else a bit more money. Did you ever have the conversation with your other half about, listen, we might have to move to Middlesbrough? No, <laughs> no, no, no. I always made it clear I wanted to stay. Right. And there was only once, and it was, it was not my fault, actually. Um, I can tell this story. Uh, I had an agent, so the first agent I signed with, uh, i got offered a new deal by richard murray and it was about january february and i said no i'm not going to take that richard that's not that's not good enough this time and he and i said i've signed with a, an agent it was pfa before that so i signed with an agent and he went well let me talk to the agent um three months later we've got nowhere literally nowhere and I'm going to the agent honestly he offered me a deal three months ago how have we not been able to negotiate to a point where I'm done and dusted got a bit aggravated said to Richard Murray it's not fair you know I'm playing every week I haven't got a contract so that's not fair anyway Richard must have said something to somebody behind the scenes here because somebody from behind the scenes at the football club phoned me privately and said you will not get a deal (laughs) sending in the agent you're sending in (laughs) Richard won't deal with the agent so Mm. you're not getting one so luckily I hadn't signed anything relieved that agent of the duties went with another agency again guided by somebody behind the scenes at this football club and the deal was done within a week <laughs> oh, <laughs> <Blimey>. <laughs> that's
4: an interesting fact yeah.
1: Ian with, with the museum um, just quickly
4: people can find the museum open on match days
3: home match days we open between 11 and 1 and we're open every Friday from about 10.30
1: to 2.30
4: and uh, you can even see some of Brownie's stuff in there, can't you
1: We've got all sorts of stuff
4: yep including what I think you've got
1: some Oh, they've got they've got my playoff final shirt sign builder the players they've got my playoff final medals, my championship winning medals uh, yeah and it's not I don't think that I mean it's it's obviously scattered around the ground I think some of my stuff's in the charlton TV lounge but nevertheless I think it's it's best here. Yeah. Honestly, if you saw where it was in my house, it, it's, <laughs> it's much better off here. <laughs> it, Mrs. Brown doesn't like memorabilia. Ian, <laughs>
4: <laughs> hey, we've got to thank you for putting up with us uh, this evening when we're recording it. Really appreciate you, Baroness, no, to come here. You're
1: very welcome. And. Uh,
3: every chart supporter should sometime rather come to the museum because there's so much stuff here that will be something of interest for everybody
4: there's even one of my pigs in there well there.
0: there you go <laughs> Steve Brown thank you so absolute much absolute pleasure it's, gents no it's a pleasure has been all ours it's been brilliant thank you mate
1: pleasure
0: Brownie what a star if you enjoyed that chat with Brownie then look out for a Brownie bonus podcast that we'll be putting out in a couple of weeks